This is What Happens If with Daniel and Jan on Joy. Hey, this is What Happens If on Joy 94.9, the show where we ask the questions that you think you know the answers to, but uh, you know what? You don't. No. You dummy. Yeah, what do you know? (laughs) You need us. You need us and we're here to answer for you. My name is Daniel Roberts. My name is Jan DiPietro. And uh, every every week on What Happens If we ask a different question. Mm. What have we asked so far? So many great things. What happens if I die? Yes, that was uplifting. <laughs> great's the word for that. <laughs> what happens if the world ends? We kind of we we try to mix it up. So one day, one week it might be a little bit close to home. Yeah. Next week it might be kind of far out. Yeah, which is what this one is. Far out, man. It's very far out. So tonight we're asking what happens if we move to Mars. Pew pew pew. pew. Ooh, what did that? What was that noise I just did? It was good. That was that, that was, was good. good, wasn't it? Yes. My lips sort of went. Blah, 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 blah. We're going to get really scientific. (laughs) We are. Yeah, Yeah, so Mars is, uh, it's crazy and far out. Uh, It's the third planet away from us. No? Oh, (laughs) sorry. I thought you were going to say away from the sun. I was going to say that is us. No, we're the third rock from the sun. Isn't Mars? Mars is just the next one along. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Still far away though. Well, is it? How far is it? Uh, Well, I think I remember reading that... um, the moon is one light second away ish. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mars one light second? Takes light one second to get there. One second? Yeah. What do you mean? Takes light one second to travel from the moon to here. A second? Yeah, one second. It's a little bit over, I think. <laughs> it takes light three minutes to get to Mars. Oh, light. Light. Yeah, light. What do you think I was saying? I thought you were saying like. It takes like one second. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can just go there right now. Should we go? We'll go. We're there. It's quicker to get to there than it is to get to Greensboro. I thought that was some crazy, like, weird physics things that, that you were throwing at me. But no, it's l- no, light, light one second. Okay, yeah. yes. Uh, anyway. Okay. I, I think about this a lot, but you were saying you don't at all. Mm, no. I, I, am, um, I am fascinated by the sky and the stars. I Sometimes I look at it and go, wow, woo, crazy. But I don't, don't, think, I, I don't think that I'll ever be there. Oh, you so know what I, I mean? See, that's that. that I, I I love the idea of going to space. Yeah, it's sort of thrilling to think about. I find, and I think it would be very exciting if we could all get out there at some point. Well, it doesn't seem like it's Give much. Want to go? It's just well, it's, it seems like there's either this you either go up and you have a great time, or you you blow up as soon as you leave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mostly people get up and they're okay. Mm. Into orbit and stuff. Um, and it also looks like hell. Like you sort of sit in there, you and then you kind of float yeah. around and then you plunge to earth again yeah. and hope that you hit water and the parachute <laughs> goes up. You're just thinking of the film Gravity. <laughs> and Apollo 13. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a disaster. We do hear, the film yeah, was great. We, we, hear, we hear about the crap ones. Yeah. We hear about the ones that went a bit crap. Hey, actually, are there people, are there people always in space? Are there people up there now? Yeah, yeah, up there now. 
Oh text my God. In. What's the text about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if you're in space, text us in 0427 JOY949. Um, we actually do want to know um, for a little, something a little bit for later on as well. We want to know uh, what is the one thing you would pack? Yes. If you're on, you're on this, you've got a spot on the spaceship to Mars. Doesn't matter which one, there'll be many. So just, you know, the first thing that you pack, what's that one thing that you know you're going to pack? Yeah, text us in 0427JOY949 or you can email us on air at joy.org.au. What would you take to Mars? So I think we should definitely should move to Mars. That's, that's where I stand. Okay, so you actually see it as a good option. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. The new Earth. Actually, just Mars. Just another Just one. call it Mars, yeah. Just another one. So, so in this article that I was reading, um, the, the writer... It's on a website called Wait But Why. The writer is Tim Tim Urban, and he has a, a big long post about about going to Mars. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things he talks about is it's like backing up a hard drive. Okay, what do you mean? Oh, like for Earth? Yeah. Okay. So if if you want to protect the species, then you want to take out insurance for that species. And he likens it to when if you had a hard drive, yes. and it had lots of important documents on it yes say every document is a is a species right on earth okay and you have a hard drive full of all those documents mm. now if they were super super important documents and you knew that knew that that was the only copy of those documents mm. you'd probably make a backup mm. right because mm. hard drives crash that's true and that's what happens on earth we're crashing well we've had five already but, I held but, just for the listeners at home. I held up four fingers when I did that. Um, um, what do you mean? Oh, we, do you mean like Ice Age and extinction and extinction events? So we've had asteroids kill the dinosaurs. Mm. Um, we've had a bunch of different ones, um, mm. and there's been a five. We 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 sort of think, mm-hmm. and so there's going to be another one. Mm, they what's happen, next? They happen roughly every fifty million years. Oh, okay, so one's probably going to happen in the next fifty million years, which sounds like a really long time. But if you're thinking about backing up the hard drive for the species, then you're thinking about forever. And we are the only species that we know of that could have backed up. Well, we, we're the only I mean, the we dinosaurs weren't thinking, like, should we go up to Mars? The chimps are in the in cages <laughs> throwing poo at each other. Like, they're <laughs> yeah. not trying. They're like, what, 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 what do you want from me? But we need to do it, I think. Mm. So how do we do it? Well, we've got to get... According, according to SpaceX, we've got to get a million people up there. But... That ah. takes a and the the reason why the other the other reason why they they the, this this article anyway talks about this hard drive thing is it's it's kind of like it's a kind of it's it's hard to think about because the time scales are so huge right mm-hmm. it's really hard to think about fifty million years so if you think about the next thousand years that that's a little bit easier and even then in the next thousand years we're really really safe so like so like in this article there's this great analogy about Imagining that um, someone draws an X on the ground and they say to you that lightning is likely to strike that one spot sometime in the next month or so. Okay. So to try and understand that, um, one fifty thousandth of a month is a minute. So the chances of lightning striking the spot in the next minute is the same as a mass extinction event happening on Earth in the next millennium. Mm. So not, 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 not very likely at all. Okay. So you'd feel pretty safe. If I drew an X on the ground and I said, okay, um, in the next month, lightning's going to strike there and your life is the equivalent of five seconds of that time. So all you've got to do is stand on the X for five seconds. Okay. You'd be like, okay. Yeah. Lightning's I'll- only going to strike once in the next month. Okay. Yeah. Five seconds. And you'd go on, but it'd be a little bit stressful. You'd be like, well, it could strike. It could happen. 
Yeah, so there could be an extinction event in the next thousand years, but it's just super, super unlikely. Okay. But it's not a very good long-term plan because when we're talking about extinction events where, where, and we're talking about protecting the species and backing up the species, we're talking about way longer than a month. So we're talking about right now we're all standing on the X and we're just going to keep standing there across months and months. So mm. we're going to get struck by lightning. Mm. But it's also that. But doesn't that raise the question of why do we need? If there's going to be an event, just let it happen. Why do we need to preserve the species? Something else will happen. We won't care anyway. Well, because we're making progress faster and faster as time goes by, and so it's mm. it's more exciting to preserve to, that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Right. I mean, like, you know, think about the great thing. Well, we were talking about this off there. We were talking about the great things that have happened and about the moon landing, right? Yes. We were talking about the moon landing. Moon landing, yes. very exciting. We were talking mm. about how, wow, can you imagine if it's, I mean, you can imagine having, sit, being sitting there and, and it was not happening on the TV. Yeah. How incredible that would have been. Yeah. And then you were saying, well, if you, that, that, if, it, when this does happen and it will happen probably within our lifetime, yeah. that people will get to Mars, uh, I'm assuming um, we'd all be we'd all be watching it we'd, on our devices or yeah. whatever we're watching. What an incredible moment! And what that an, that will be cool. It'll be cool, and it's and it's yeah. fun, and it'll be fun because like a minute after it'll be made into some like dumb meme. <laughs> yeah, There's, there will immediately be a um, conspiracy theory that it never happened. Yeah, that it was filmed in the Australian desert, probably. But it looks just like Mars, and it'll be great because they can make the dish too. The film. <laughs> <laughs> More work for Sam Neill. <laughs> was he in that? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's in everything. Yeah, I love him. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a big I'm a big proponent for um, continuing the rate of progress for making progress faster and faster because because there are lots of exciting things that we can accomplish and but we can't get any of those things done if we just sit here like sitting ducks. Well, as we as we've been saying, oh, this week's topic is this to people. They go, oh, you got Elon Musk coming in. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we go, oh, lol. Um, and uh, w- what's his deal? So what's he? He's he's SpaceX, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he's getting us there. He's the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. Built, he, he, he. So was he, he a scientist or was he just rich? He's an engineer. He's an engineer. He's a rich engineer, but mm. he's, a, he's an engineer. Mm. He builds stuff. That's yeah. what he spends most of his time doing. Okay. I mean, I don't speak to him, but you don't. Oh, you haven't spoken to him. Article. Yeah, and, and so. Who who will get there first? Well, I mean, the Americans, super rich people. Oh, the America. Well, I, if it, well, if it's SpaceX, then it's private enterprise. It's not a public. I mean, it, it, they, they get money in terms of they get contracts from the American government, and so mm. they make money. But SpaceX makes a lot of money commercially, and if they're going to go, it's going to be as SpaceX. They're not going as America. Mm, but, interesting. I, but I think, but I'm pretty sure there are plans. From the American government that they're going to go to Mars on their on their own. Yeah, right. Well, I'm it, maybe I'll go. I want people to start racing for it. Have a crack. Yeah, get up there, guys. Go. We'll probably lose a few people along the way, a few trials. But then, what time? What when did we get to the moon? Apollo eleven. Uh, was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So ten fails. Well, this is, but this is the thing. This is the thing. We got to the moon in the sixties. I know, but that's why. Like, why is it, like, get on with it. Yeah, well, this is the thing that the excitement about it has re- seriously flatlined. Mm. Everything else has gone pew. And, you know, the rate of progress has gone blah with space technology. I mean, like, okay, that, that's, that's partly not true because there's a lot of amazing things that we have in space now, right? That, that 
tell us about where we are, GPS and so forth. But, um, you know, in terms of, like, going places, mm. ugh, we're just looking out with the giant telescopes that get better and better. And, I mean, that's great because we get to see things and learn a lot about space, but we've got to get places. And it probably means a lot more to people if you can see the physical Whereas for scientists and people that are interested in this stuff, you say, oh, well, we've figured out that there is a, that there are thousands of millions of galaxies beyond us. We can see them. We can see them shining yeah. in our big telescopes. But we're like, yeah, but ha- but well, is that, it, but well, is it real? And, and you know what's strange is about that is that that's difficult to take because it makes you feel extremely small. But if you see a human on Mars, I think, I think that makes us feel bigger. And bigger, mm. bigger in a nice way, not bigger like big-headed, mm. but like bigger in in a in a, in a sense of hope, mm. in a sense of yeah, there's somewhere to go here. It's 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 adventure, right? Maybe Jesus is on Mars. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Hey, we'll ask our next guest. Our next guest is Briado Laurenti. He's a uh, he's a science fellow at the CSIRO Synthetic Biology. Uh, unit at Macquarie University. Great. So he's up next, and then of course. We're bringing him back. Yeah. Stephen A. Russell. You know him, critic. you love him. You know him, you love him. Uh, he was on a few weeks ago talking yeah. about his top three apocalyptic films. He'll be here to give us his top three films about Mars. Can't wait. So this is what happens if tonight we're asking, what happens if we move to Mars? Text us in 0427JOY949 with your ideas about what you take. This is Joy. Yeah. This is Joy. This is What Happens If on Joy 94.9. And tonight we're asking the question, what happens if we move to Mars? Now, we have a very special guest on the phone. Love it. And uh, they are a synthetic biology future science fellow. It's a mouthful. It really is a mouthful. Please welcome to What Happens If, Briado Laurenti. Hey, Briado. Hello. Hello, guys. Nice to be with you. Thanks for joining us. Am I saying your name correctly, by the way, Briado? Yeah, Briado is perfect. Briado, oh my god. Perfect. Perfect. It's perfect, we're perfect. We're perfect. And uh, so are you. Now, Briado, tell me, you you know about Mars, you're into Mars? Uh, I've never been in Mar- uh, to Mars, but no. yeah, that's, that's certainly something that's going to happen. Yes, okay, so tell me, it's going to happen. When is it going to happen, Briado? When are we going to get there? Mm, well, it depends. NASA thinks it's going to send human missions, like probably... In a decade, maybe a little bit more, but then that feels space, close. Yeah. That feels pretty close. It is. It is pretty pretty close. And um, but the SpaceX might be sending people even earlier, like like in six or seven years or so. Yeah. Wow. So, and who do you think they'll send, Briado? Is it people that is it people that buy a ticket, or is it people that actually know what they're doing? Uh, no, my opinion. First people that's going to be there is going to be like astronauts. Yeah. I mean, you need people, right? I mean, uh, we're going to get into it a bit more, but your focus is on is on food or synth- synthetic biology. So, so food production. Uh, I have a background in molecular biology, and I'm uh, also in plant biotechnology, and now I'm, um, I have converted into a synthetic biologist. But basically, it's like you can engineer life. That's, that's a, like the goal of synthetic biology. Ooh, mm, that, that sounds good. That sounds very scientific, Briado. Um, in terms of what we would grow when we're up there, I mean, so how, how do you, as a scientist, how do you look at the way Mars is and then how do you th- 
project or think about what you're going to produce? Well, the thing is that besides being a, a biologist, I mean, the other thing is that mass is really far away. Mm. And it's, it's not like you're going to go there and find all the things that you need, right, to, to live there. So you either you have to transport them with you or you have to build it, you know, get them, produce them while you're there. So biology in, is super powerful in that, that manner because you can, you know, it can regenerate and adapt. So you can have, you, let's say, you need food, right? So you can either get all the food you need for the for the trip and load it on your on your rocket, and then there you go. Or you can get some seeds, and once you get there, you 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 will have like a source of food that you can you know like in a greenhouse, and you can grow food and eat there. And then you don't need to bring with you like tons of 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 food in this case or, or other things you could produce many things uh, from biology so um when we're thinking about uh i guess what you would call like l- producing locally on mars it feels like you're going to need to engineer not just the biology itself but not 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 just the the um the organisms themselves but you're going to need to engineer the habitat is that correct in the environment around those organisms yeah, certainly initially you will need to, uh, it will be much more difficult to, let's say, design a plant and, and, and have a plant that will be able just to grow on the surface of, of mass. But certainly you, I, I guess, I'm, it's not I guess, I'm sure, because you will need to build, like, build or transport a greenhouse. But because mass is so different to Earth, I mean, it's super cold, the water is the, the you have like 50% amount of sun, sunlight that you have here on Earth. Even if you have a greenhouse, plants are not going to like it there, right? So if you want just to mimic the conditions of Earth on Mars, that's going to be extremely resource expensive. You're gonna, you will need to expend a lot of energy to sustain that. And that's also a thing that you don't want to do, right? Because you are there and energy is going to be super, something super valuable. So one other way of doing it, and that's what we think here uh, at Macquarie, is that you can engineer plants to to design them to be more Martian, you know? So they will be able to tolerate extreme cold, extreme drought. Uh, they will make, uh, they will be probably, you can know, let's say, plants here on Earth, they just use a little bit of the sunlight. Uh, for example, UV light, they don't use it. So we can engineer plants to use UV light and then they can they can grow happier mass, let's say. M- many other things. You so you so you really can't you can't you can't really go to Mars and want organic food, can you? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have to be okay with a bit of genetic modification. Uh well, there's nothing wrong with genetic modification. Uh, it, you know, uh, being against genetic modification is like being against vaccination. You know. Yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what difference does it make if it's edible? It's edible, right? Yeah. Who cares what the molecules are doing? I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I if love it works, all. It works. You got to make yeah. it work. I love all food. Whenever I'm hungry, I'll just eat whatever. Oh, you're good. At that. Okay, I'm crazy. Um, 
what about uh, what, what about animals? Like uh, like for example, do we need do we need Mars Martian cows to make milk? Uh, <laughs> uh, how do we how do we get them up there, Briado? That's the are question. We, are, are we vegan? Is that yeah. what we're doing? Are we going vegan yeah. up there? Yeah, yeah. You will have to have like vegan astronauts for sure. Yeah, mm. that's out of the menu. The astronauts. Uh, <laughs> uh, the cows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, cool. For sure, that's going to happen on Earth too. In if, give it some time. We we are all going to become vegans for sure. That's uh, I think that's going to happen. Have you been following the um, the movement in the the synthetic um, creation of meat? Oh yeah, super cool. Yeah. That's very exciting, isn't it? So that I mean, that's an option, right? If you can just grow ribeye steaks in a petri dish, then there you go. You've got local production of um, of meat, and you're not taking cows up. Yes, yes. That you could do that, and there's another thing. It's called the Impossible Burger. If you don't know it, just Google it. It's super cool. It's made of of plants, and then they have a molecule that it's producing yeast, and then that's added to the burger and tastes like meat and looks like meat, and it's even bleeding. Oh boy, I want yeah. one. In te- Brother, in yeah. terms of in terms of Mars now. What what is the fascination with it? Why is it seen as our next viable option? Is it because of is it because water has been discovered? Is it because it's the closest thing to our climate? Why Mars? Uh, in my opinion, it's I mean all these all those things. Uh, some people say that it's like a second uh, planet for rich people that's going to escape Earth. That's that's nonsense. That that that's magnificent. Oh damn it. Uh, uh, why it could be that in the future you could go there and I mean it could be possible that people is going to live there, but it's not because they're going to escape from Earth. Much, <laughs> much more. We don't harsh. want it to be like a penal colony, like a, like like we made this country. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be ideal. <laughs> yeah, but, but stole a loaf of bread uh, off to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's super, super, super interesting. Is Mars uh, about Mars? Is that it's a, it could. There could be life there, or it could be that life was existed once on Mars, and hmm. that's from the biology point of view, which I love it. But there are many things that we're going to learn uh, about us, about the universe, uh, about how plants are formed, and many, many other things uh, by studying Mars. So it's 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 certainly worth going to Mars. So how do you think about, you know, when you're in the lab and you're thinking about your work? Now, I'm curious as to when you're in a lab on Earth, do you take into account practical things like the change in gravity? It's something like the third, it's like a third of the gravity on Mars than we have here. So do you take into account practical things? And how do you go about factoring that into experiments or into trials? Well, uh, yeah, you can basically simulate all the conditions that you that you will encounter on Mars, and that's actually the way of doing it. So, gravity—the gravity of Mars—seems to be that it's not not a big problem for plants. For humans, it's not known yet. But for example, the, in Europe, there is it's going. This is being started right now. Uh, but. All the other conditions, let's say radiation, temperature, and you name it, atmosphere, you can simulate those conditions here on Earth. 
in the lab. And then you can test designs, biological designs. And there's another thing that is super powerful that is that you can combine with synthetic biology that it's called experimental evolution. And it means that you make biological designs or even things that are alive, like like cells, like bacteria, for example. Wow. Right. And you can yeah, and you can evolve them under conditions that you set, right? Let's say you simulate mass and you evolve that to live on mass. It's a simulation. I mean, it's a real thing, and the conditions are simulated. But that form of life would get adapted to those conditions. That's that's how evolution works, right? I was about to say, this is really incredible. I've just realized something in my own brain, which is that we... In, in, I mean, in biology, of, yeah, clearly, there's always been this question of the origins of life, of where did, uh, you know, that, that, that moment when life happened on planet Earth. But if we're to do what you're talking about on Mars, we'd be doing it. We'd be creating. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be also that it could be also possible that it's already life on Mars that we don't know yet. Mm. Nah, uh, useful, useful life, though? Useful to us? Uh, you mean to exploit? Well, to no, to, one. I suppose, utilize its, their, you know, the, the special talents of a certain Martian molecule. Like, is, is that likely? What's the likelihood that, that, that you know, the, the, the salty, was it recently that they discovered a, uh, an underwater lake of very, very salty water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, true. like, what's the usefulness of, of that, of that body of water? I mean, is it likely that there's going to be something that we go, oh, we can water the Martian plants with that? That that could be one thing, but certainly it could be that there's life there, like swimming there, you know? Because mm. uh, this one thing that is super interesting, there could be that there's no life on Mars, but there, there could be that it's, it, it's possible that, it's all, that it, there is life there. Like, some four billion years ago or so, Mars and Earth were very similar, very similar planets. I mean, Mars then became the desert, the big desert that is nowadays, and the Earth evolved to what is it was now, right? But four billion years ago, this, they, these planets were very similar, and we know that life on Earth, like, began around that time, four, three point five billion years ago, four billion years ago. So it is, and we also know this, and I think that is super cool. We also know that there are meat pieces of meteorites that hit Mars and travel to Earth and vice versa. Hit Earth and travel to Mars. We were speaking so, about that the other week. We were talking about um, the um, the article in, micro, in, in Microbiology mm-hmm. and it was about how they feel like um, certain explosions of life early on Earth came from asteroids. Mm. Remember the octopus strapped to the asteroid? Yes, that's right. I but remember. It wasn't. It, we, we, we were being silly. We don't yeah. think that an os- octopus hitched a ride on an asteroid, but... Maybe we do. But it's the same... Is that is that a similar kind of theory, that, that um, life was sort of... Projected. Was actually terrestrial? It could be uh, both. It could be, let's say, a life uh, began on Earth and then hijacked a, a meteorite to Mars and then sealed Mars with, with life. Or vice versa, life started on Mars and then traveled to Earth, you know? And then, because these two planets then diverge in the, the evolution, I mean, they change, they, they, they differentiate. Life on Earth is as we know it right now, and it, it is possible that there's still life on Mars that is totally different because the, 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 
the planet has changed so much. So we can't tell just by looking at it. As, but it might be, it is possible that we might find it eventually. It could also be that there is no life on Mars. And it could also be another option that is the coolest one and the most, um, I mean, let's say, um, that would be amazing, like a different kind of life. That could also be possible. A well, totally different kind of life that is not related to 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 our life, to the life on Earth. Briado, we have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining Amazing. us on What Happens If. It was uh, Briado Laurenti. He is a science fellow at the at Macquarie University. Uh, up next, Stephen mm. A. Russell hits the studs. Brilliant! With his top three Mars picks. This is What Happens If on Joy. Ho, ho, ho. <gasps> oh, no. The crazy Christmas season is around the corner. Have you started planning your corporate function or end-of-year cocktail party? Yum Catering comes to you with their diverse and delicious menu, served with their renowned great service. Don't leave it too late. Be the envy of the party, because you've chosen the best. Catering for all occasions and unforgettable taste experiences. Yum Catering. Book now at yumcatering.com.au. Joy sponsor. Joy! And this is What Happens If on Joy 94.9. Tonight we're asking the question, what happens if we move to Mars? Is that the ship going up? Oh, that was like my Mars music. Oh, okay. Yeah. Music on Mars. Yep. Okay, great. Radio waves and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, now tonight sees the return of uh, a What Happens If uh, favourite. Yeah. Probably our only one, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we welcome back the wonderful freelance journalist and film critic, Stephen A. Russell. Hi, Stephen. Hello. I'm glad to be your only one. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've just massively cussed all of your other guests there. But anyway, anyway. we're going to Mars. I'm going to take that one. Yeah, <laughs> now, Stephen, last time we had you here, it was for The World Ends. Mm. Yes. And you gave us your top three uh, favourite uh, apocalyptic films, yeah. yep. which was a huge success. And I loved every minute of it. Um, but now we're on to your top three films about Mars. And I actually said to you, just do space films because I'm sure you won't be able to pick them. You're like, no, just do Mars films. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, I'm fine. obviously so much of a geek that I yeah. literally, <laughs> no, I have specific Mars one good to go. Yeah. And it's sort of like an extension of the previous thing. It actually. is a little bit, isn't it? There's a little bit of a sense of that we're leaving here. Yep. So yep. that works. All right. Well, you're giving us your top three uh, movies for Mars. What's your first one? Well, I think I'm going to kick off with a little bit of Arnie and Total Recall. That's for making me come to Mars. You wouldn't hurt me. After all, we're married. Consider that a divorce. That's it. Oh, that is just Arnie to a T, isn't it? <laughs> He's so good at the one-liners, considered that a divorce. And they're always puns. <laughs> I know. I mean, I feel like that is a minor spoiler for the film, but it is also the best moment. I mean, what more can you want from, you know, a, an early, like literally 1990 genre movie than Arnold Schwarzenegger killing Sharon Stone? <laughs> <laughs> this brings the A-game, yeah. you know? It really like... let in the next generation of actresses. <laughs> well, exactly. And I don't know, maybe, maybe things have change but that wasn't in the trailer like they kind of just yeah, told no, the story it's, it's sort of oh no they ridiculous. still do that they yeah, still yeah, do that yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's quite quite outrageous but yeah i mean this is absolutely no we, we have to point out that not the colin farrell one we are right back in 1990 i was gonna say that did they do a redo 
They a did do a redo with Len Wiseman, which, but probably the the, the least said about that, the better. Yeah, right. This is moving this is, on. <laughs> this is this is Paul Verhoeven, who we you may know and love also from genre highlight Starship Troopers oh. and RoboCop. Oh wow! Mm. He knows what he's doing. So look, the, 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 this is this is a cracker. I absolutely adore this classic, and it's um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is you know he 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 just rules this kind of whole swathe of eighties mm. through nineties genre movies, and here he plays basically a kind of you know everyday um, guy who works on a construction site. He's he believes he has a perfect marriage to Sharon Stone, and. All of a sudden, there's this new technology on Earth where you can get implanted memories. And so you can basically go on a holiday without actually going anywhere. So the, the, the idea like of YouTube. Being, yeah, you know, <laughs> they, they just stick a little needle in your head and then yeah. implant a little false memory of a great holiday and, you know, bargain basement. Hmm. But what happens is that when he undergoes this, this sort of, you know, process, it unlocks this completely subsumed personality of his. He turns out to be a bit of a super soldier, a bit of a spy. And turns out Sharon Stone's actually his handler and really good with the high-kicking and getting a bit stabby with kitchen knives. Oh, and, yeah. so hence she's, the scene she's that we just heard. Flexy, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, she yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's a mover. Yeah, right. Hmm. She is indeed. Hmm. And look, this is, this is based on a story by Philip K. Dick, who people will know, you know, the guy behind Blade Runner or otherwise mm. known as Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Mm. And essentially the storyline then takes us from Earth to Mars because right from the very get-go, Arnie's character Quaid has been having these strange nightmares of him dying on Mars and also of another woman played by Rachel Ticotten who plays Laurie. And so he, he goes to Mars and once there, he kind of gets caught up in this huge criminal mess with Richard Cox playing Cohagen, who's sort of a Machiavellian real estate developer slash dictator, <laughs> a bit, oh. bit like anyone we know. And, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he's basically trying to like take over Mars by limiting the air that people can breathe. Uh-huh. And also by hiding some alien technology that, that would make all of their lives better. Basically, there is so much going on in this film. It's utterly hectic. It's yes, crazy. So but the reason I love it, it's sort of like, it's a little bit like Spartacus meets the Godfather via Flash Gordon. Oh, great. And, <laughs> I love the via. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a classic. It's absolutely silly. And who could forget that magic moment? When Arnie is in a in a costume that makes him look like a, a lady with a with a big headscarf, who then opens oh, her right. face yes. <laughs> to reveal Arnie below, that's absolute right. classic moment. Perfect. All right, we'll have to. Check. I've never seen that. I'll get into it. Have you seen it before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's years ago, but yeah, yeah, it's great. Text us in, by the way, oh four two seven joy nine four nine. If you're loving Stephen's picks, all right, Stephen, it's time for your number two. Okay, I feel like this one basically gives it away in the title, and it is the Matt Damon vehicle, The Martian. I guarantee you that at some point, everything's going to go south on you. Ready? And you're going to say, this is it. This is how I end. 
Mark is dead. We have to go. Yeah. Different vibe. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's a divorce too. <laughs> but it's metaphorical. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Speaking of metaphorical. Speaking of Dick, uh, yeah. Philip K. Dick. You know, is we, he back again? We, no, not not quite. I'm <laughs> just. I'm the just, only one that ever just, wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, he is not responsible for this one. It's Andy Weir novel. Ah. The only reason I am using that completely ridiculous, yeah. you know, innuendo <laughs> slash blatant grossness. <laughs> it's because Blade Runner director Ridley Scott is, is ah, the helmet. Ah, I didn't okay. know that. I haven't seen this one. Me either. What? This, this was a huge blockbuster. We're now not Stephen's yeah. favourites. Yeah. No. Well, look, Rid- Ridley Scott was not my favourite for a while there. I mean, oh, right. obviously the legend. I quite like his stuff. Blade Runner, Alien, yeah. you know, he did really well. But then, mm. he, then he came out with a whole bunch of really dross films for a mm. while there. And I was be- beginning to worry that he'd lost his mojo. But he, he really brings it back with this one. Mm. And essentially, Matt Damon stars as a... You know, he's an astronaut who gets left behind on Mars by Jessica Chastain, which is a bit unfair. But, you know, some, an investigate, you know, an exploration goes horribly awry yeah. and he's left there on his own. So it kind of becomes one of those man versus wild. I was going to say, it's kind of, it's sort of the castaway story. Yeah. Castaway it's, it's space. Like the castaway yeah. slash, you know, bear fight from the Revenant. And yeah. it's just him on his own, on Mars, and he kind of has to go all A-team, you know, using whatever's left of the, the kind of biosphere that they had and bits of MacGyver talent coming yeah, out. Yeah, to try and figure out, you know, how a, a, a basically a, a life pod that was only meant to last a month or so now has to, you know, become his indefinite home. Mm. And, and that leads to all sorts of, you know, inventive make-do-and-mend like growing potatoes from poo which is essentially how he manages to feed himself Oh, by eating his own poo. Well, he well eating yeah. potatoes that he grows yeah. in the poo. Because, you know, Mars, not, not, so, not so handy with yeah. the, the, the crops. No. Yeah. <laughs> so on or animals. Wasn't there, like, wasn't there a thing about this around awards season about how it was classified? Whether or not it was a comedy or a drama? I feel like it yes, was, some... I feel like it ended up in the comedy <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, that's section the, of the Golden, the Golden Globes, Globes and people cracked it or something. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I feel like it's just every year people crack it. I yeah, mean, right, it is actually right, yeah. ridiculous to reduce films to, 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 to genre. When people laugh or people, people cry. I know, and it's like, yeah. well, I, what happens if you could do a bit of bore? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing, this is interesting because you were just speaking about genre films of the 90s yes. and I feel like, I feel like I feel like they get lost in history a little bit, the genre films of the 90s that now we look at as a bit maybe maybe a bit crass or a bit obvious or whatever. But I, I feel like they have a more of a place in the awards seasons and well, they never get it. Look, this, well, I mean, this is this was part of the big recent hullabaloo is that, you know, the, the Oscars were intending to bring in... Uh, um, Popular mm. category, really? I didn't know that. And, yeah. and and that was essentially aimed at getting more okay. blockbuster or genre fair through. But there was a huge pushback because the idea. I mean, and I actually agree with the pushback because basically, someone said, you know, what about a few years ago when Mad Max Fury Road absolutely smashed right through and you know swept the board, mm. and by by sort of relegating them to a popular category, then it, you kind of it seems like a bit of a class system, and it seems a little like yeah, sure. you're being a bit snooty even as you. But I mean, even like it's, it's monetizing it a little bit. But, well, exactly. I yeah. mean, it is as well. Titanic, like 
I know. The most popular film in history won all those awards as well. Like, you know, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I know. So I, 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 don't, I don't think it was necessary. And yeah. this, this is, this is a really fun, accessible, big blockbuster, but it's got a bit of heart. It's got a bit of soul. It's mm. actually, you know, the, 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 the science behind it is quite smart. You know, the, the mm, author, cool. Andy Weir, really put the, the effort into. I have heard that about the book. It's quite, you know, figuring out how, yeah. you, how you could possibly yeah. do that. And look, it's it's sort of got a sense of Sandra Bullock in gravity as sure. well, you know that kind of arg. Everything has gone horrendously and, and wrong. And total <laughs> aban- abandonment of you. Not only are you on land, but you're actually either in space, just floating. Uh, yeah. All right, yeah. uh, or otherwise you're on Mars. Well, totally. I mean, at one point he's like gaffer taping his, you know, space helmet. Like, right. it's, yeah. it's it's pretty. And everyone's ever sitting there thinking gaffer tape's not going to cut it. I know, I it. know. And look, you you, you kind of it's also like Sandra Bullock. You're pretty sure that it's not going to end with her smushed, you know, in in <laughs> yeah. in, in orbit. But you, you still. You still have that fear the whole way through yeah. that that some that you might not make it, even though you know he's going to make it. <laughs> Are you a Matt Damon fan? I have gone. I've, I've had fits and starts with yeah, him. He's like yeah, that, isn't he? he yeah, I, I, I am at the moment. <laughs> You're on board with him at the moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what did I? I loved him in uh, Behind the Candelabra. That was brilliant. I haven't mm. seen that. What? Oh, he was great. Card um, yeah. removal. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't got one yet. No. Um, <laughs> I really liked him, and this is going to be a little from left field. I liked him in Rounders. Which one's Rounders? Film, it was a film set in, set in, um, uh, like the northeast states of, of, of the US, and it was about, uh, poker. Oh, I haven't I'm seen have it. going to have to take yeah, that as a comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to come back with Stephen's third pick. This is What Happens If, and tonight we're asking What Happens If We Move to Mars. You're on Joy. Joy. Oh, this is what happens if on Joy 94.9. It still is. It still is. Every time we come back. All right, just get it. Get it. We are asking the question, what happens if we move to Mars? We're with the wonderful film critic, Stephen A. Russell. Excellent. Stephen, uh, you've given us your top two. We've got a top three, a third. Yeah. Yeah. One more. The Martian. Yep. Total Recall with Arnie, not not the new one. Not Not the new one. Absolutely not, apparently. No. Okay. Uh, Number three, what do you got? This is actually my favourite one, drumroll. And Mars Attacks. That's a Martian? It's close. My God. Yikes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> now, actually, I remember seeing this film yeah. as a kid, and yeah. I just thought it was the best thing oh, yeah. ever. It is so good. It was one of the ones that we played twice in a row. Totally. Look, it absolutely amazed me that this film didn't actually do massive box office success at the time. Like, oh. I think it's an absolute cracker. This is yeah. Tim Burton, mm. off the wall, wacky best. You know, <laughs> he's working that kind of. Cold War nuclear obsession, 1950s B movie. Yeah. You know, this is basically the exact opposite of going on holiday to Mars. This is Mars coming on holiday to us. Yeah. And 
effing stuff up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I love. It. I mean, there's that, that there's that cracking scene, you know, that, that's really ripping off of um, the day the Earth stood still. You know, and they're in the Nevada desert, and you know the, the U.S. president, who is played, of course, by Jack Nicholson, who also, for reasons completely <laughs> inexplicable, plays a kind of Vegas hustler as well in an already ridiculously OTT cast. Yeah. You know, so the the army goes to meet the the Martians, who we see leaving the red planet in the opening credit, and they they, they release a dove. And these Martians, which are basically green meanies with giant bulbous brain heads. Yeah, they are bulbous. Like, it's ridiculous. And, you know, they whip out the lasers and they find this crispy fry, the dove, <laughs> and then, you know, annihilate the entire welcome party. It's just magnificent. Uh, so good. And, at, you know, at, at this first contact moment, you also have on, on two separate, you know, trailers... You have about to become Carrie Bradshaw, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes, this was pre-Sex in the City. Just pre. Just. Yeah, yeah, right. How interesting. And really she, got her going. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. And so she plays, you know, one a kind of a, a bubble-headed um, TV anchor. And Michael That's J. Right. Fox plays her husband. No, no, sorry, husband. Yes, Michael J. Fox plays her husband, ah. who is a competing anchor. He gets fried. Yeah. <laughs> she gets kidnapped alongside, I think he'd only just become Bond, Pierce Brosnan. Okay. Now they, they both get kidnapped by the aliens mm. and get taken onto the, the spaceship. And she ends up having her head chopped off <laughs> and swapped with her, you know, one of those scrawny, I don't even know what kind of dog it's it like is. like a sausage those, dog or something. No, it's one of those scrawny, like a kind of like, like a chihuahua. Kind of, I think it might be a chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. she, the chihuahua ends up with Sarah Jessica Parker's head. <laughs> and Sarah Jessica Parker's, of course, silver bikinied body yeah. ends up with a chihuahua on it. <laughs> and, and Pierce, I don't think Pierce even gets a body. He, he just ends up as, you know, a head in a, in a jar. That's right. Classic. Yeah. And yeah. there is that fantastic moment near the end when they're still, they're trying, they, they sort of, both their jars get smashed and she gets cut off of the dog and they're, they're heads are rolling around on the crashing spaceship floor <laughs> trying to have a snog on the way down. It's <laughs> utterly <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, look, we could go on about this all day long. Yeah. Like, you know, playing the first lady, Glenn Close, chewing the scenery. Yeah. Absolutely oh, yeah. magnificent. <laughs> then you've got, like, baby Natalie Portman as, you know, the, the first daughter. That's right, she's the first daughter, yeah. Which is, you know, I think that's absolutely spectacular It's as kind well. of that, the funny thing about this film is that it's all the big stuff stars that you think would normally see you through a whole film basically get killed off within the first <laughs> 10 or 20 say, minutes so many yeah. it's, it's really it's really quite clever it's clever casting i think oh, like that's, to, a, that's a really good subversion of what you were talking about before about the survival yes. it, whether it's um sandra bullock or matt damon or whatever yeah it does really well yeah, isn't absolutely. It? It, goes, it goes no no they would shoot that person then yeah because I know. that's what they do yeah this yeah. is and way do before game of thrones people are yeah. gonna die yeah, yeah. that's right yeah, <laughs> yeah. surprise yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's this, there's so much going on in here. You've, you've got like you've got like Foxy Brown herself, Pam Greer in this film. Like oh she actually God, doesn't yes. get to do it anywhere near enough, but still, yeah. she is there, which is quite spectacular. What does she do now? 
Oh, what was it? she was? When was the last Pam Greer film? Oh my goodness! Text in Pam if you're listening. I know. Can you <laughs> let us actually know? A big fan of the show, we, so. want, we want more, <laughs> yeah. please, right now. Thank mm. you. So I, I actually never knew, and I probably didn't appreciate mm. him at that age mm. anyway. But I never knew that it was Tim Burton. No, me either. That yeah. never that never clicked with me. I realised that. I don't know how old I was watching but, the trailer. I'm like, oh, but now that makes a lot mm. more sense. Yeah, because I mean, it's not quite as sort of gothic fairy tale as his no. usual no. stuff. But he definitely loves that kind of you know genre world of weirdness and and families yeah. being a bit. All over the place. Yeah, we kind of you see what he did with um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which yeah, I, didn't, I didn't particularly love, but like he, do, you know, he makes it into a thing <laughs> that you don't expect. He does. But he also he also sets it up that the. Uh, it's kind of like everyone experiences it through TV. So everyone's watching this thing happen and there's all these different characters in the room. So it's very American yeah, in that way totally as well. Totally as. Yeah, totally. And even to the kind of really, you know, not particularly caring about the rest of the world. I mean, I think yeah. you, you do see like a little scene of the French president, I think, for about 30 seconds <laughs> while the Eiffel Tower gets melted yeah. behind them. <laughs> and, you know, of course, Big Ben gets blown up yeah. because, yeah. like, <laughs> basically, if you see Big Ben in a film, it's like 50 50 yeah. whether it's going to make it yeah. to the end yeah, of yeah, yeah. To the end credits or not. If they show it early you know, on, it's getting blown up. It's yeah, probably yeah, yeah, going to yeah. get blown That's up. Right. You know, just, and just, just if things aren't weird enough in this film, you know, you then have a Vegas scene where you have Tom Jones, you know, performing live, who, yep. you know, playing himself with, with gusto, suave hero, gets in amongst it. You know, he doesn't just, you know, the, the, the aliens <laughs> attack and he doesn't just go, oh, that's a bit bad and, and you know, disappear left stage. Yeah. He then becomes one of the heroes attempting to save the earth from the Martian assault. Ah, that's brilliant. I love it. Absolutely magnificent. So who, who dies for, we've got Jack Nicholson, Glenn Close. Does Jack die? Doesn't he die? Yes, he does. Yeah. It takes a little while, but the US president <laughs> does get lasered by a Martian. Oh, good. Uh, they, they should replay that in America I, I, now. I feel like that could come in hand. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone got a laser? Sometimes. <laughs> I like it when I was watching the trailer. I think it's uh, once because the, the, they all sort of set it up as if we're gonna we're gonna be good people. and We're gonna give them a chance. We're gonna give the Martian a chance to talk and, and greet us. And then he ends up killing them all. And then the, I think it's one of the sergeants sort of goes, "Well, we stuffed up there." Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know really black comedy about you know American um, imperialism in mm, this film as yeah. well. It's it's and the, the sort of you know the way we commodify pop culture as well. It's 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 absolutely it's absolutely great. Well, uh, make sure you get your text in oh four two seven joy nine four nine. Tell us your favourite uh, Mars film, space film, whatever, or out of the three. Yes. What was your favourite out of Stephen's picks? Oh, let's do one of those little Twitter, you know, Twitter poll. Poll. Done. Yeah. Done. Doing that Done. One right after this. <laughs> Hook that up, um, Stephen. It's always such a pleasure having you on. Thanks for joining us. And what happens if? Thank you for having Thanks, me, Stephen. I'm off back to Mars now. Bye. <laughs> this is Joy. Well, this has been what happens. Joy. I <laughs> <laughs> wanted to do that for a while. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, this has been What Happens If on Joy. And, um, we have been asking the old question, eh? What happens if we move to Mars? Yeah, so let's do it. Okay. Hang on. Let me just get my rocket ready. Sounds real. Off we go. Oh, that was quick. <laughs> there wasn't even a countdown or anything. So I was thinking, yeah, because on, on, in, in, in a world where you can, go to Mars, you go there on a on a spaceship. And now the one that's being proposed by 
um, Elon Musk and SpaceX is the is the BFR, which is the big effing rocket. Oh my right? gosh! Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yes, yeah, what it's called. Oh, that's fun. That was hey. Elon Musk flying over us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Babe, your interview's at 7.45. Where's it going? I'm already doing it. Okay, we love you. Um, Smoke some more weed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it, they, they reckon that the early ones that go in like 2025, they'll they'll have like 100 people on them. But I don't think we'll be able to afford that. It'll be really expensive and we're poor. So I think we'll be going on the later ships that maybe have about 300 people on them. When and, are they predicted? Oh, like decades down the track. Okay. Yeah, because you can only go every little while because of the rotation, the orbit of Earth and Mars. They need to inter- in, they need to line up to make the ship the the trip short enough. So, but anyway, how long is the trip? A few years? Three months. Oh, oh yeah. That's a pretty long time. Well, but I mean, not think c- of going on an aeroplane for twenty four hours and how long that feels. Yeah, but then what about you know those all those people on those on boats for years and years were traveling for months and months and months for Australia. Are you saying that was great? <laughs> well, no, it was terrible. <laughs> but it's not what I thought. It's not like you know. Oh, okay. It's not uh, interstellar. Like we're going to put you to sleep for a few years. No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not. It's it's a, it's way closer than that. Yeah. Um. And so, so, so let's say that we get, I don't know, let's say each passenger gets a hundred kilograms each. Cause you could be going forever, remember? Yeah. And not coming back. I'm not coming back. If I get there, I'm not coming back. And there's a long way to go to not come back, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a long way to go to come back after a brief moment. Yeah. And if, if, you, you, if you go to Europe, you go for four weeks or more, don't you? Absolutely. Yes, because it's exactly. a long way. Exactly. So you're not going to Mars for a weekend. No, no, <laughs> just to see uh, whoever. Yeah, whoever. So, <laughs> so let's say we've got a hundred kilograms each. What, what are the first five things that you pack in your bag? Let's just say, what, what are you putting just in the carry on? Cause stuff would have to go down in the, in the cargo cabin. You wouldn't be able to get access to it probably very frequently. Mm. But up in the area where everyone's floating around in microgravity, what are you taking there? Remember, you're in microgravity. Mm, microgravity. What do I need? Um, well, I'll be taking my, um, my phone or whatever that is. Win that time, um, so I can listen to us. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's um, like ten-ish hours taken care of out of yeah. three months. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be good. Um, I'll, I'll take I'll take a few pairs of undies. Yep. Because you know you want to stay fresh. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking about myself on a long haul flight now. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I was thinking, you know what I was thinking of just then as you were saying, listening to something? Yeah. I was thinking, get a, get a, a program that just has all the world's languages on it. And if someone happens to speak a language that you want to learn, who's on, also on the ship, learn that language in the three months and you'll have them to con- converse with you. Get to Mars, bilingual. Or. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. While you're on the ship, invent your own language for Mars. So Martian. All, Martian language. Yeah. So all of you guys on that will be just be like, you can have your own little pocket of Mars where you all speak secret. Well, and like, Earth, don't tell Earth about it. Yeah, don't tell Earth. But what about the people who are going to go back on the next ship back, who have to go on the next ship back because maybe they fly it or something? Do we tell them the language? Uh, yeah, we can tell them the language because well, okay. then you've kind of invented your own thing. Yeah, right. Okay. You might as well make something of it. You don't think learning a language is making something of it? You're going to listen to us over and over again. Yeah, no, because I once, once I think once you move to Mars, you're done with Earth. So oh, okay. Forget everything that you knew before. Oh, right. Let's start again. Well, why are you taking your phone? You don't need that there. But it's got all my selfies on it. <laughs> 
You'll be the Kurt Coleman of Mars. <laughs> I wish. No, I don't. But you'd only have like 300 followers, so no one would care. <laughs> exactly. And there's no internet. Oh, there will be internet by then. Oh, gee, you'd hope so. If, if, if we can get to Mars, you'd hope you could take internet with you. Well... And you'd want to take a toothbrush. Yeah, I guess you would have to. <laughs> Electric one. Well, this has been what happens if we move to Mars. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. Text us in 0427 join 949 if you did. Don't text us in if you didn't. Um, yeah. We have a podcast. It's at What Happens If. Yeah. At What Happens If. You're probably listening to us now on that podcast. And if you are, thanks. Thanks very much. Rate it, please. We love your ratings, especially when they're good. Um, and uh, check us, check out our Instagram. Haven't posted a video for a while. Sorry about that, but it's whatever. Deal uh, with it. Yeah, get over yourselves. Uh, this has been What Happens If on Joy. Up next is Urban Dreaming. Yarn, I love you. Love you too. Bye.